Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Zuma, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company. Uh, there's a lot of history when it comes to WA FL Grand Finals. Now, we know it, that since 1987, when the West Coast Eagles came in, it changed the dynamics of the waffle as we know it. For better or worse, uh, who knows? But it goes back a long way, well over a century, this competition, this sake competition that we're so proud of. And before the AFL, the WAFL was the league. Don't worry about that. I remember going in 1978 as a young boy to see West Perth take on East Perth. East Perth won that game and got into the finals. They were sitting fifth before that final round of fixtures. And as we know, the rest is history. They jumped into second. It was such a tight competition and eventually took the flag that year. Well, three years earlier in 1975, there was a grand final between West Perth and South Fremantle. And it was the Cardinals, as they were known then, now the Falcons, that were so dominant. They kicked really the backside of South Fremantle, and they won by just under 100 points, about 96 points. But they kicked 10 goals in the last quarter. And a guy that played in that game still holds the record for the youngest ever WAFL premiership player. He's a good fella. I know him fairly well. And uh, he joins us on the program now. Jeff Hendricks, thanks for your time. Yeah, good thanks, Peter. And, uh, yeah, glad to make the time. Yeah, no, appreciate your time very much indeed. Of course, you still hold the record as the youngest ever WAFL Premiership player. You played for West Perth in the 1975 WA NFL Grand Final. It was known there. You obliterated South Fremantle, by, I think, by about 96 points. It was a day that Barry Day kicked eight goals for then the Cardinals as they were known. But, Jeff, tell us firstly about your journey, 16 years of age, and, of course, you're playing in the biggest game of football on this side of Australia. Yeah, it was certainly an interesting start to my career because uh, um, in those days I was still at school in year 11 and uh, I was at Trinity and played Alco Cup um, for the middle part of, of the season and came back to West Perth, I think, with two games to go with the home and away season. Um, and fortunately, the leagues I got belted against uh, Swan Districts at Bassendine in that uh, second last game. And they made changes for the last game. And um, why me? I can't tell you. Um, I don't know if they've been tracking uh, school footy or whatever, but I got the call up and. Uh, the rest became a bit of history. It was an amazing, it was a case of uh, timing. But saying that, Jeff, you're an outstanding junior footballer. Tell us about your junior path that led you to West Perth. Well, funnily enough, Peter, I played all of my uh, junior footy in the East Perth zone because I went to uh, 
St. Mark's College, and that was in the East Perth zone, and they had a junior team in their uh, competition. And it wasn't until um, year 10 where we couldn't field a side, and so I had to go and either play juniors in the West Perth zone because mum and dad lived in the West Perth zone, or I had two older brothers playing uh, under-21s in those days. And so the coach down there said, come down and play with us. And um, so that started my career at West Perth uh, in the in the lower grades. As I recall, because we're roughly the same vintage, and I remember you playing junior football. Of course, you represented WA at State Schoolboys as well, didn't you? Uh, no, that was... Um, but the rules were very, very different then, Peter, because I went to a private college. In those days, no one who went to a non-government school played state schoolboys because it was a state school competition. Oh, OK. So there you go. There you go. Saying that, uh, do you remember the morning of the grand final? It was Saturday the 27th of September, and Jeff Hendricks, a little 16-year-old, is getting ready to play in front of over 50,000 people in the Waffle grand final. Do you remember the morning of the match? Um, I do in part, mainly because in those days they used to have the, the oval shape in the West Australian and the uh, picture of the heads of the players in there. So That's I was looking right. at our West Perth team so I could figure out who exactly I was playing with. <laughs> it was like that because you were playing with some of the greats of all time. Really, when you look at Mel Winnan, who won the Simpson medal in their grand final, and then you had Billy Dempsey, you were playing with royalty, weren't you? Oh, listen, um, absolutely. In terms of uh, West Australian football history, probably doesn't get much bigger than uh, Mel and Bill and uh, other stalwarts, West Perth stalwarts, in, in, you mentioned a few before, in terms of uh, you know, Alan, Alan Watling and uh, you know, just a host of names during that era. Mm. Saying that, as you said, Barry Day kicked eight. Do you recall uh, that occasion? Uh, not many players kick eight goals in a grand final. I think West Perth kicked 10 goals in that final term to completely obliterate South Fremantle. They only kicked one behind. That was the reason the margin was so big. It was that last quarter burst. Uh, well, that Barry kicked seven of those 10 goals in the last quarter. So, um, you know, uh, and at that stage... Um, at that stage, yeah, at three-quarter time, we were sitting comfortably. Um, but if you recall, all the teams that kicked to the then-new three-tier stand-in won the game. We, I can't remember whether we won or lost the toss, but we were kicking that way, so the game was all over on the toss. Simple as that. <laughs> well, when you're 16 years old and you're looking for superstitions, Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, you played 169 games for West Perth, but that was the only premiership team in 1975. Tell us about the remainder of uh, your career there. Yeah, again, uh, we we managed to play um, in finals, but never never in a grand final. And uh, probably our best uh, our best chance during the rest of my career was probably 1982, where uh, when. Um, Swans beat Claremont in the grand final. We were the only team, I think, that could handle Swan Districts, but we couldn't handle Claremont, so we couldn't get there. Amazing. It was interesting, um, actually, looking at your career. After you played in the 1975 Premiership side, as your career continued on, I think uh, Graham Farmer pushed you forward, didn't he? And I think in the early rounds of the 1977 season, he hit the scoreboard quite frequently. Tell us about the role that you played for West Perth 
during 116 games and where you predominantly played? Yeah, I was I was one of those people at uh, 185, 6'1", basically, and because of, I was athletic, I was probably you know, too small to be tall and too tall to be small, so I became the jack-of-all-trades. So I played everywhere in a league position other than road during my uh, my career. So I was sort of uh, shoved around a little bit and uh, did a bit of rough roving, played at centre-half forward, played at full forward, centre-half back, full back, um, and along the sides. And uh, probably it was 1982, Dennis Cometti's first year, where Dennis came to me and basically said, listen, um, you've been thrown around a little bit. Let's just play you off uh, half-back and... I was probably running running half back, and um, that was probably my best year of, of consistent footy um, during my career. Mm. Tell us about your career. You look, look back on it with fondness, no doubt. It, but is being a 16-year-old and playing in the West Perth Premiership team of 1975 still the all-time highlight? Um, yeah, absolutely. I suppose uh, it, because you're so young and... and not as worldly as you would like. It probably didn't hit me until you know, many years later of of, um, of the significance of, of that particular game. And, and you know, um, I mean, there are things along the way, Peter, that I've basically gone from playing junior footy to playing league footy. And I was just so naive of adult footy and male men bodies against um, something where I was the biggest kid, probably the fastest kid at that stage and um, didn't have to worry too much about anybody uh, to then, you know, being picked off at different times and, and having to adapt the game. So in a sense, if I had probably not done it then, I'd, may have even had a different career because probably would have been a little bit more football worldly. Yeah. Uh, certainly in those early years. You still got an interest in the game, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Uh, up until up until this year, I've been scouting uh, for the Sydney Swans for the last uh, six or seven years and been involved in scouting work since the early 2000s and uh, what have you. I follow it. I, I probably... Um, follow West Perth more than I do any other team. And from an AFL perspective, I just like watching good footy. Yeah. Um, and other than two games in the final series, one of them, unfortunately, Sydney, and, and uh, probably the uh, um, week before where they had two blowouts. But you know, we were spoiled with some really good footy. Yeah. Just before I let you go, of course, the Hendricks name is synonymous with sport, not only dad, but of course, your son, Liam who, of course, is a professional baseball pitcher for the Chicago White Sox uh, in the Major League Baseball there in the United States. I suppose COVID was uh, pretty tough, uh, but I believe you eventually popped over to the US to see the eldest child. And how's he going? Yeah, we were fortunate enough. uh, I retired recently, and uh, the first trip was, uh, A, we could fly out of Australia. So we spent a month in uh, in, uh, the US in um, July, and hadn't seen our son and daughter-in-law for near on three years. So it was good to catch up. Um, it's very hard to catch up, Peter, during the baseball season because they play every day mm. and travel. Um, so you spend a lot of time watching baseball, which is, is fine, but you don't spend enough time with your, with your kids. 
Yeah. We're going back at Christmas. That'll oh, be, good uh, stuff. That'll be our big catch-up time. So, oh, lovely. Uh, and our daughter and her husband are coming with us, so we'll have a family Christmas in uh, in Arizona. Oh, that'd be really nice. Uh, just tell us about Liam, because I, I heard he wasn't a bad footballer as a kid as well, taking after his dad, and he could have been drafted by the West Coast Eagles under the father and son rule. What led him down the baseball path? Um. Well, he had success at both at that level, and baseball was was the earlier signing period, so he could sign a year earlier with baseball. And I think, in in again, at that stage, he was uh, seventeen, being touted. He actually signed on his eighteenth birthday. But um, I think his in his mind was, well, let's have a couple of years in the US, see how this goes. Um, if it doesn't work out, I'll be nineteen, twenty, and could potentially come back to to football. Um, So that was his thinking. But, of course, uh, history will show that he's uh, stayed there and become very successful uh, and very wealthy at that. Yeah, no, the last contract was a beauty. So make sure he shouts the beers when you head over there for Christmas. I think he'd be okay to do that for mum and dad and, of course, his sister. Saying that, before we let you go, does he still follow Aussie rules? Because, if I remember, he may have been a, a North Melbourne fan as a kid. He, he he follows it, follows it closely. He's uh, we've got a very small competition, uh, tipping competition over here with uh, our best friends and and their family. He's a member of that. He follows it closely. Again, uh, the other day we spoke to him. He was going home uh, to watch the uh, first half of the grand final. Because it would have been 11:30 p.m. for them at uh, the start of the game. So I think by half time he was. Uh, he could turn the TV off. Um, things weren't going exactly uh, well. Um, but his wife tipped along, so, uh, you know, they were happy. Mm. No, he's had an incredible <laughs> career over there. Of course, he won the, I think, the uh, Relief uh, Pitcher of the Year Award for a second year in a row, becoming, I think, only the second White Sox pitcher in history to uh, take off that award. And I think he just recently played in the All-Star game as well. I think he's played there multiple times. So he's a real talent, no doubt, in the United States. Yeah, he said he's, uh, he signed a contract and he was very keen to honour and make sure that he earned that contract. And, uh, you know, three-time All-Star, which from an Australian perspective, no one's done it more than once. So, um, um and he's just recently also, Peter's been nominated for what they call the Roberto Clemente Award, which is uh, an award that each team nominates a player for their uh, charitable works and everything. That's his fourth nomination. So we're probably just as proud as uh, Liam and Christie's work off the field um, with uh, with their various charities. Fantastic. What a great story. What a great family. Jeff, thanks for joining us. As we let you go, uh, firstly... Are you going to the game on Saturday at the beloved Leederville Oval, the spiritual home? If you're not, I gather you'll be watching it somewhere. Certainly watching it. Unfortunately, we had prior commitments from uh, from about three months ago. So we, at, and at that stage, we didn't know. But uh, I'll be trying to tap into all three grades. I, I don't, I can't ever recall even reading history where West Perth have had three teams in the grand final. So hopefully it'll be a very, very successful day for the red and the blue um, across all three grades. Good on you, Jeff Hendricks. Thanks for joining us here and reliving your special moment with the West Perth Football Club. Still hold the record as the youngest ever premiership player in the WAFL competition. Thanks for your time here on the program.
Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. Yeah, good on you, Jeff. Uh, lovely to talk to you. I uh, hope you enjoyed that here on SENWA. Drive with Peter Vlahos, wherever you may be listening, of course, on 657. And a big cheerio, actually, to an Uber driver who's listening on 657. Chase, if you're still listening, thanks for joining uh, the program. And I believe you're a tennis fan. No doubt you would have been right across, of course, the Roger Federer farewell. And uh, we're not too far away from our... Grand Slam, aren't we? The Australian Open. So good on you, Chase. Thanks for listening to 657. For those people listening on Spirit 621 through Bunbury in the southwest and the gold fields at 1611. Norm of Kalgoorlie, of course, a regular listener through the gold fields on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel or on the SENWA app. 29 past five. Love the NRL Grand Final. It's a beauty this year. The Panthers and the Eels. And a man that played over 100 games for the Panthers, is Scotty Sattler. He joins us next here on Drive.